Welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. We're talking about the RBC Heritage, it's the RBC Heritage, and Steve Bamford here from Golf Betting System. I'm here with resident guest Barry O'Hanrahan from a Good Talk Spoiled podcast. How are you, Barry? I'm very good, Steve. Just uh, still kind of in shock from the Masters last night, but a good kind of shock, I guess, um, with... Uh, Delighted to see Sergio winning and uh, I suppose a little bit um, remorseful that the bets we had didn't come through. We were both on Justin Rose, so so close. But, uh, you know, if you're going to lose it, you want to lose it to somebody like Sergio. And I was just thrilled to see him win. I, I don't like to blow my own trumpet and I'm not, but I kind of said eight or nine under would win it. I said that the four, you know, the win, the course would dry. It really did play out as I kind of envisaged it. I had Spieth in the mix, and that was an amazing recovery, by the way, from that opening round nine. Mm. That was an amazing thing from Spieth. I just think he ran out of steam. I said that Spieth would be involved, and he kind of was. Rose, that was a great shout by both of us. Um, But Sergio, you you just looked at Sergio, and you just thought to yourself, Sergio always collapses at Augusta. Can start well, starts well first round, often does that, and then just disappears but um, we, did, we didn't think about the Seve aspect did we there was a lot of angles there that really the fact that he won in Dubai and, and the way he played the way the course turned it into a real ball strikers paradise and it wasn't an, you know it wasn't the putting contest that Augusta can be it really did play into to all of his advantages and I noticed this morning I think he was third or fourth in driving accuracy and he was fifth in driving distance. You know, that is the kind of stat that's going to actually deliver around Augusta. Fantastic off the tee. Yeah, I, I really liked his aggression um, for, yeah. for what seems like the entire tournament. Um, he, he was just going after it. And I think that's a, it's a really good way to approach it for him. Uh, probably mentally, if he loses the tournament, then he said, well, at least I went down swinging as hard as possible and going after everything. Um, he had a few nice breaks along the way throughout the tournament, but we all know you need a few nice breaks to, to keep you going. You know, the 13th was particularly friendly to him over the week with uh, his ball hanging up on the, the bank of the green on Saturday and then on Sunday pulling out one of the best pars you'll ever see. And, you know, it, you need a few breaks to get along. And uh, look, I think you won't find a golf fan out there that isn't thrilled that he won it in the end. Absolutely. Do you, do you think if Rose had hit the green in two and two putted for birdie, that was that was game over then? Three ahead Don't on the thirteenth. Yeah, it, fe- it felt like a, he felt like he really let Sergio off the hook. Um, rather than him stamping down his authority, just I'd say Sergio just went, "Oh, thank God, I really got away with the one there," and it just kind of yeah. loosened him up a and, bit. And he made that and, great yeah. birdie on fourteen, and then fifteen yeah. was just a magnificent eagle. I mean, yeah. it, without hitting the pin, he was probably at a tap in for an eagle. So. Uh, yeah. I think the writing was on the wall when he made that birdie at 14. Yeah, And you could tell from Rose's reaction when he missed that putt on 13. I think he realised that, that was a pivotal moment. Yeah, yeah, it really was. But yes, RBC Heritage. Let's talk about that this week. Now, it's one of these tournaments, Barry, that's it's a beautiful golf course, um, Harbour Town Golf Links, although, as you said to me just before we started recording, it's you know, Golf Links my arse. It's certainly not a Links golf course, but it's by the sea. It's a peat dye design. You always get a decent field here for obvious reasons. A lot of the guys just drive a couple of hours down the road from Augusta, or they hop in their private jet for 15 minutes, whatever you know, whatever way they around they do it. But you always 
tend to get a high quality winner here as well. That's one thing that we'll go into in a in a short space of time. But it's also one of those tournaments where a lot of punters and a lot of golf fans don't pay a lot of attention because they've watched the Masters. It's a bit of an anti-climax. But actually, I think from a betting perspective, I do like it. I do like the RBC heritage. Um, what are your reactions or first thoughts when you started looking at this today in terms of the golf course, players that it suits, those kind of those kind of things? Well, I mean, just from years and years of watching it, we all know it's extremely tight off the tee, and it's um, it's about putting the ball in play off the tee. It's not about taking drive around every hole. Uh, give yourself a shot at the green. The greens are tiny, so you, you really need to be striking the ball very well, shaping it both directions, um, or just hitting it bullet straight on the line that you need to hit it. Um, and, and if you do miss these, like these greens are miniature. So if you do miss them, you, your short game needs to be pretty sharp. So if you were at Augusta last week, there's a really good chance you're going to bring a you know pretty sharp short game to this test. Um, all you know, albeit it's a lot narrower off the tee than Augusta is. So um, you know, any any type of player can win this. You know, a, a bomber can, but he's going to need to throttle it back and play a lot of irons off the tee. And then all the short hitters probably feel like this is one of their great chances of the year to win a tournament. Yeah. I think that's a good summary. I mean, the, the key statistics for listeners that I've looked at this week, just just by uh, what I tend to do is, after each tournament, um, look at the analysis, see see if there's similarities between players, what their key skill sets are. So again, we were talking about this last week at Augusta, uh, bogey avoidance. We've got, I think, scoring average is very important this week. I think par four performance is very uh, important this week because you do want players. There's only three par fives. You do need players that are confident, are strong on par fours. So there's, there's some tricky par fours here, and there are also some birdieable par fours. So you, you want someone that's comfortable on that on a, on a par four format. And also for me, proximity to hole that seems to come out each and every year. You've had a player. That's uh, that's been hitting their, especially their wedges around here, hitting their wedges extremely close in the build-up. Um, past seventy positive players. I know it's a par seventy-one, but as you said, very tight off the tee. I'm also gone for a kind of anti-statistic. I don't want players with a high ball flight here. And when you look at the winners here, um, pretty much all of the winners in the last ten years have been guys that keep the ball low. They're not big hitters. So I'm actually gone anti. On guys that have, have got a, um, a very. So I've gone completely the opposite way to what we were doing last week at Augusta, where we were looking for people like Sergio who've got a high ball flight. Um, I've gone the other way this week. I've gone for guys that really are neat and tidy off the tee, but excellent with their wedges. Um, being, uh, just a couple more things to point out. I classify this as a Carolina golf course. Now, you say, well, it's in South Carolina. But what I actually mean by that is Carolina golf courses, tree-lined, tight. You get punished if you're errant. Um, they're the kind of, is a Carolina, so if you look at Quail Hollow, that's a great example. If you look at Sedgefield, where they play the Wyndham Championship, there's similarities between all of them. There's also another course that's in Florida that I like that links in well here. It's actually Copperhead Course, which is, where they play the Valspar Championship again. It's in Florida, but it's it's got um, it's got very Carolina-like characteristics. And the best Carolina golf course of them all, of course, is Pinehurst Number no. Two, where they held the U.S. Open a few years ago, which Kaima won. Now Kaima's actually in the field, 
Um, I'll just run through the betting quickly in terms of the guys at the head of the betting. Uh, Matt Kuchar is the favourite. He's as short as 10 to 1 with Stan James. Then you've kind of got the usual suspects. Brant Schnedeker, Brandon Grace, who's the defending champion. He's 28 to 1 best price right now. We're recording this at uh, just gone 6 o'clock on Monday evening. Russell Henley, who's in great form at the moment. Martin Keimer. Tyrrell Hatton makes his debut here. Kevin Kisner. Charlie Hoffman, Adam Hadwin and Bill Haas. They make up the first 9-10 to 10 in the betting. And then we've got players of the ilk of Matthew Fitzpatrick, Jason Duffner and uh, some real course experts here, Jim Furyk and Luke Donald. So out of those names at the top of the market, and of course they don't have to be at the top of the market, who, who are your thoughts in terms of Guys towards the top of the market there, Kuchar, Snedeker and Grace this week. Well, we saw what Matty did on the back nine there yesterday in Augusta. It was a very impressive uh, finishing uh, back door to top five, uh, which is which will make him very happy. So he'll go into this with a bit of confidence. Um, interesting you mentioned Keimer and the link to Pinehurst. Uh, he also had a phenomenal uh, Sunday in Augusta, which will do him the world of good because he's had it in his head for years. I mean, he changed his entire game based on Augusta. To, he tried to switch from his natural left-right ball flight to draw the ball, uh, which, yeah. which which ruined him. So now he's gone back to um, his stock shot. Things seem to be kind of clicking a little better, and that round on Sunday will make him uh, walk into this one with a bounce in his step. Um, you know, the, Tyrrell Hatton's been playing phenomenally well recently. Um, it'll be one. It was one hell of a learning experience at Augusta. Um, this will feel a lot easier to the guys, I think, than uh, than it was last week. Interesting to see if Charlie Hoffman can keep uh, the momentum going. I'd say that might have taken a bit of wind out of his sails, you know, that fall away on Sunday. Um, after yes, doing so well, it's tough to take, you know, and he was striking it so well. Um, I hope to see him bounce back because he seems like a very likeable guy. My, my eyes have gone down to my first pick for the week is Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah. Great all-round game, good ball striker, superb putter, and you know you need to have a decent putter around on these greens with the Bermuda grass. It'll be interesting to see how the greens perform this year. They were new last year, so they may. That's right. Yeah, they may. Have, That's a very good point. Yeah, they may have bedded down a little bit and allow the guys to hold a few more putts. So um, you might see him kind of stamp his authority on on the putting a little bit more. The positive from a Fitzpatrick perspective, I haven't gone with him, but I did. Look closely at him, and I can see why you've gone for him. You look at him; he won his first um, event at Woburn, his first European Tour event, which is a very tree-lined, claustrophobic golf course. Um, he's played well at Cronjuicière. These kind of tighter courses on the European Tour, he's done well at. We know that he's fantastic on Tiff Eagle. It's Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. He won at the Earth Course last year, so he's got a decent record on in the in on the golf swing. He likes these kind of greens. And I know that from interviews in the past, he's played this course a couple of times and he says it's his favourite golf course of the lot. So that has to be a positive. I'll take, I'll take that. <laughs> that's nice to hear. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's uh, an interesting point. Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. Now, if you're looking at, at it from a, uh, from a PGA Tour perspective, you need to be looking at the likes of Kapalua, where they hold the Hyundai Tournament of Champions. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Doral used to have Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. Uh, PGA National has Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. Valspar Championship Copperhead has um, Tiff Eagle uh, Bermuda grass. So 
those kind of courses offer excellent links in in terms of players that can cope with the with the actual grass on the greens. The other thing I like here is uh, you either what I, in my opinion you want a player that can either move the ball both ways because there's lots of dog legs here, but it does seem to favour in the main faders to a certain extent. Grace likes to fade the ball. Carl uh, Pettersson, when he won here in 2012, I know you were on him at 66 to one that year. He's a fader of the golf ball. Jim Furyk, of course, is a fader. Uh, Russell Knox is a fader. So you don't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, just the stock shot. But if you can move the ball both ways, brilliant. But I think a, a fade shot shape is not a bad situation to be in. But just looking at the names here, who have done well in the past, I'll tell you what I'm going for. Top of my list this week. I've, I've how could you ever take Matt Kuchar at ten to one? He just doesn't. He just doesn't win enough, does he? No. Um, I think Snedeker's kind of there, but not there. He's, he doesn't seem to be hitting enough greens for my liking. Um, Brandon Grace in the past has defending tournaments very well at different um, on European tour. Twenty eight to one. That's not a bad price with Bet three six five right now, but. He just doesn't seem to be scoring, or he doesn't need—he doesn't seem to be strong enough for me in the in the in the skill sets that I was looking at. Russell Henley, you could build a very big case for him. He was a winner a couple of weeks ago at Houston. He kind of backdoor top was it eleventh or something or tenth? He got at the Masters yesterday. I just think I don't, I don't like the fact that he's playing three weeks on the trot. You kind of get the gist. He's, he's he's had his win. He'll work one or two ways. He keeps going, or he'll fall off a cliff. Mm. Kyman is a good shout. I don't like course debutants here, um, so I've, I've had to go Tyrrell Hatton. I, I think that might be a learning experience in his first year. I've gone Kevin Kisner. So um, a couple of firms today have chalked up 33 to 1, and those prices have been slashed within minutes. So people are clearly keen on Kisner. I'm seeing 28 to 1 right now with Bet365. He was second here two years ago. Uh, he won his first and only PGA Tour title at Sea Island on Bermuda Grass a couple of years ago. He played brilliantly at Bay Hill a few weeks ago. And we said this off air, I like a player, and you said exactly the same thing, You, I like a player that's shown form before Augusta, hasn't done a lot at Augusta, and then comes here relaxed, playing decent golf, and they like the golf course, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Love this short golf course. It's much better than 7,700 yards last week at Augusta. And all of a sudden, you, st- you see them scoring well. Just for your benefit, Barry, and the listeners, it looks like it's going to be quite tranquil this week. Um, very little wind. I think it's going to be, sometimes around here, like last year, 8 under 1, because it was very, very windy. It gets very technical. I think anything 16, 17, 18 under wins it this week. And I think that's right in Kevin Kisner's ballpark. So I'm going Kevin Kisner this week as my main tip. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk for, for listeners. And of course, if you're listening to this, um, just click. Uh, we've got all the links through to the necessary uh, betting previews below below the podcast on Podbean. Right, any other player that you're interested in towards the top of the market, Barry? I, I've had a, li- a little punt on Kevin now. Um, Ooh, Kevin, yeah, yeah. So missed the cut last week. No big deal for me when it comes to this. Was 16 three weeks ago, and has four top tens to his resume here. So I like that. Um, he, he's not particularly long, but doesn't need to be. And you know, when Kevin gets hot, he can he can go up there with the best of them. So 
Um, what did I get him at? 35 to 1, a little short for my liking, but uh, my money was in that bookies, so I just took it while it was, uh, while it was there. So, uh, yeah, looking at him, and a little outsider course debutante, Wesley Bryan, uh, has been mm. putting in some good form there on the PGA Tour recently, um, had a couple of bad performances, but hasn't missed cuts, so we'll give him a shout, he's a very exciting player, can, and he can really go low when the, when the conditions are there. I had him at Copperhead a few weeks ago, and I, I, I got him top seven, and he, of course, finished eighth. And, uh, <laughs> but yes, he's, 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 you can tell he likes the Bermuda grass as well, just looking at his web.com record. Yeah, and he's, he, he's a very good putter, very good putter. He is available at, uh, I got him at 80 to 1, so... Uh, and you're, allowed, you're allowed to say Paddy Power. I'm allowed to say Paddy Power, yeah. yeah you, can, you, can, you can say who you want. Well, I don't want to give him free advertising, but anyway, yeah, Paddy Power. Yeah. Actually, market best at 80 to 1 on him, so uh, that was nice. And there's seven, yeah, there's seven places each way, 50 odds this week, just for listeners. Skybet have gone six places each way, a quarter of the odds, as have Stan James. Uh, we're so early this week, we don't even know what William Hill and Coral are up to right now. But they, Coral will go seven places a 50 odds they do each and every week. Yeah, I don't mind that shout at all, actually, um, in terms of Wesley Bryan. I think that's that, that's logical. My second shout, you're going to love this one. I'm going for the old US Open horse, war horse. He's a PGA, PGA Championship winner. I'm going for Jason Duffner. Now, he's available at 33 to 1, seven places each way with Paddy Power. And if you're brave... He's forty to one, five places with Bet three six five right now. I'm just watching Duffman very closely. Um, I tipped him up a few weeks ago at the Valspar Championship, and he finished something like eleventh. Um, he, he, he seems to be having a bit of a metamorphosis at the moment. He's still hitting a decent amount of greens, but he's scrambling to half decently, and even more shot curry. He's putting really well. Now you know I keep this ten week tracker. Amazingly enough, Jason Duffner this week is sitting top of the putting average tracker over <laughs> 10 weeks. I know. I, I'm in shock myself. Check your numbers, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we know he loves Pete Dye design. Pete Dye design this week, so think whistling straights for the PGA Championship. Um, also think uh, PGA West the last two years for the career builder. They changed the rotor of the courses, and the host course was a Pete Dye design, a, T, a TPC Stadium course. Don't forget as well the Stadium course at TPC Sawgrass. That's another Pete Dye design. And we've got TPC Louisiana as well, where they played the Zurich Classic at New Orleans. Now, he's won that. He's finished in the top five or six at the Players' Championship, and he won last year at that TPC Stadium course at PGA West. So he's a bit of a die specialist, is Jason Duffner. Now, you look at his form here, it's, it's nothing, there's nothing bad. He's made every... I think he's made eight of nine cuts. He's finished 14th, a couple of top 20s. But if he's actually going to hit greens this week and he's putting well, he, I think he could be a real factor. So, yeah, Jason Duffner for me at 40 to 1. And just to enlighten listeners, if you look at the average prices of winners here since 2010... It comes out at 41 to 1, the average price. A decent quality player does win this year in, year out. 
It doesn't tend to be your 500 to 1 or 300 to 1 upset. It's a good player that's been playing reasonably well and just comes here and likes the course and, and just gets the job done. So I do fancy a bit of Jason Duffman this week. That has to be said. That is a good shout. And it does, the last few weeks, it's felt kind of uh, a bit of deja vu when he started to, when he went on that run, when he won two tournaments in three weeks. You know, he was. T- yeah, that was 2012, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. He won in tech. I think he won. He won New Orleans. We were on him that week, and then he went to um, TPC Four Seasons. The Byron Nelson. He won that, and then the week after that, Colonial. We had a head, massive head-to-head with Zach Johnson. Yeah, he's that kind of sparky player. He can score really low because that thing, like, that thing, he won that tournament. He won last year was one of these 23, 24 under kind of tournaments. Yeah, it was just, it's just interesting that before he went on that run back in 2012, he kind of he felt like he was telegraphing the, you know, the, a win in advance with some decent form. You know, he was shown a bit more on TV, so you take a bit more notice, you see what he's doing right. And yeah, it's a, it's a very, a 40 to 1, that's a very good price. I think that's a good price. He, he actually won that tournament last year 25 under. Wow. Now, if this is gonna if this is gonna be kind of lower score, and I'm not suggesting 2500, that's not gonna happen. But 817, 18 under, I think that's right in his wheelhouse. The other thing with him is, like you said, he does kind of make things a bit obvious that it takes a while for the nut, the putter to warm and to get the whole package together. I think he's kind of quite a way along that route at the moment. So yeah, I, I do like Jason Duffner this week. He is the sort that wins this. Uh, final pick from me. And then I might just throw out some random longer prices out there that haven't made my uh, preview, but uh, I do think there's some interest in them. Um, I'm going uh, for Frankie Molinari. I can see people holding their heads, as as I mentioned. But with Frankie, you think about it. If you look at you got your, I don't know. This is it's, it's so easy to say, but far more difficult to do. You look at a golf tournament each week. You've got to try and start with a clean sheet. Now I know Frankie's got baggage; doesn't get the job done very often. But when he does, it's often a quite a nice score. In terms of, I think when he won at Shazan that time, the WGC it was something similar, like eighteen, nineteen under. He can score very low. He's got a good record around courses like Wentworth, tree lined. He's played here a couple of times. He made the cut here last year when he was in shocking form and hadn't played for a month. But I tell you what I noticed yesterday at Augusta. He was 33rd, a typical Molinari finish. But he was 6th in greens in regulation. I think he's sitting 5th or 6th in my 10-week putting average uh, window. So it's kind of coming together. And I've noticed with him, he was 7th the other day at Bay Hill on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass. He's got a top 3 at Doral. Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass. And because he's focusing a lot more on the PGA Tour at the moment, he's actually 25th in the FedEx Cup standing. So, taking someone like Sergio, who, you know, oh, he's got no chance last week, and he actually grabbed the net and won his first major. I think someone like Frankie, who's quite pally with Sergio, you know, the Latin roots, they've been in Ryder Cup teams together. I think someone like Francesco could take a lot of um, positives from last week, and you never know, you, you might find him just popping up 45 to 1 with bet 365. If you fancy f- uh, five places each way right now, he was 50 to 1 at Paddy Power, but someone's backed him, or some people have backed him. He's now into 40 to 1 
seven places each way. Am I saying seven places? I should be saying six places each yeah. way. No, I'm right. No, it is seven places. Seven places each way, 50 odds with Paddy Power. He's at 40 to 1 for that. Yeah, it's nice to get these regular seven places each way. You know, the field's 156 yeah, yeah. players. It's good to have the seven places. I like it. It certainly is. Yeah, Paddy Power and Cole are doing it each and every week on the PGA Tour this season. And Stan James are always six places a quarter of the odds. Anyone else at a bigger price? No, I just I, I really like that logic about you know Sergio winning and a few guys who might have had maybe a small bit of self doubt or a mental block about you know achieving on a higher scale or on a higher level. This might just un- unleash the shackles for them, you know. So you know, don't be. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen. Um, a few of the European tour guys that may have just felt a little kind of held back um, mentally themselves. He, he does like he, he does like Tiff Eagle. He's got an excellent record at, at the Earth Course, which you'd think is far too long for him. Isn't it seven seven or something? It's huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, but he's he's finished in the top four or five there um, a couple of years on the trot. Loves Tiff Eagle. That's normally low scoring. The other thing I noticed with him is he's done well at the Scottish Open links. Um, He's just got kind of form. He plays ev- very well at the Open de France every year. Now, Graham, Mac- uh, Graham McDowell's won here. We know that he's won there twice at the Golf National. Mm. So he just kind of, there's, there's links there to Molinari, but because he hasn't played in the States as much as he probably should have, sometimes you have to piece the gaps in the CV to just uh, and link things together. I, I think he actually works this week. I tell another player at a big, big price I would have tipped up. There's a couple, actually. Jim Herman, 150 to 1 with Paddy Power, seven places each way. That's the best price at the moment. Um, he's been playing really well on Bermuda grass all season, Herman. He's one of these plodders, hits tons of greens, but you can tell that he likes Bermuda grass. His putting's better on Bermuda grass. So I could see Herman going well. Do you know what I was amazed by this? He's in the top, I think he's 87th in the world, Jim Herman. It's like, who? I, I would not have guessed that he was that high. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll tell you another guy that I'd really do like the look of, and I might have a little dabble on, on this myself, Vaughan Taylor. Now, he won at Pebble Beach last year. Do you remember? That was the tournament uh, lefty Mickelson should have been winning. Yeah. And a, he didn't make birdie on the last, and it gave it to Vaughan Taylor, who shot something silly like 62 on the final day. Mm. He's got a third and a fifth here. And his, his GIR's coming together, his putting's coming together. And he's got some really nice stats, you know, those key stats we were looking at. 200 to 1 with Paddy Power. Vaughan Taylor, he's a Georgia, uh, Georgia resident. I think he lives in Augusta, actually. Just a little drive down the road, course form. I do like the look of Vaughan Taylor at a big price, 200 to 1. Oh, that's, uh, that's enough reason to back a 200 to 1 player. You know, the, Absolutely. Yeah. You're not going to get a cast iron uh, tip at that level, are you? No, you have to take a little bit of a shot at 200 to 1. Very good. Right, that's that's going to be our RBC Heritage Show. I'm going to say thank you to Barry. Uh, Very knowledgeable as always. We're going to have a couple of weeks off. I think we're going to come back potentially for... I think they're not playing it at Quail Hollow this year. Um, the Quail Hollow replacement, whatever that is, I can't remember. We've also got some great golf coming up. Players Championship isn't a million miles away. Wentworth, uh, and then of course we're towards the U.S. Open. So there's some big tournaments coming up. Yeah, but yeah. we're gonna 
we're going to do the bigger tournaments on on the G on the Golf Betting System podcast, and and uh, Barry's going to come along for the ride on that. Steve, the, Thank, the Wales Fargo is the one you were looking for, Steve. That's the one, the Wales Fargo. They're not playing it at Quail Hollow though, because they've just finished the redesign for the PGA Championship, which takes place there this year. That's going to that that's is going to be a cracker. Oh, that's Rory McIlroy heaven. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be some event. <laughs> that, that is going to be some event, right? If you want to follow Barry, of course, he's available at a good talk, uh, a good talk golf. Are you doing a podcast this week? Just out of interest, I uh, hope to. Yeah, myself and James are going to play the K Club tomorrow, playing the Smurfit course. Um, oh. So we'll try. Uh, we'll try get a podcast together after golf. It just depends on how good the golf is. If we're in the mood, <laughs> I think. I think it'd be insane to not do a podcast after that wonderful Masters. Yeah, we're- I would. I would assume you two will be buzzing after playing such a high quality course. Ah, uh, we will. We will. Yeah, for sure. So Barry's available at a good talk golf. I'm available at Bamford Golf on Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again in a few weeks and enjoy the RBC Heritage. Good night.